Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. Uh, well, listeners, we're sorry we missed you again last week. Work has really uh, been getting in the way of our lives recently, but we're back. Yeah. We're back for our second episode in August. Is it August? Damn. It is. You yeah. just never know what day it is anymore. I know. Well, you know, in Chicago, it's like 72 degrees right now, which doesn't make it feel that it's August. That's pretty, I mean, it's gorgeous weather, but we're usually a little a little warmer in August. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you were going hot or cold or what on that. I was like, what is she going to, what temperature should it be? I don't know, because I know it's hot AF over here. Yeah. No, we're not as hot as Florida, but we do, we do have pretty humid summers, and um, we do usually get a little bit hotter than this. Well, embrace that shit because it ain't coming here for a while. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not upset, but it does feel like fall is coming early. And fall is my favorite month, but I don't want to rush into it. You don't want to get a pumpkin spice yet? Not yet. Not really ever, if I'm being quite honest. (laughs) Really? Oh, no. You're not a basic bitch. Oh, okay. Hang on. End the podcast. It's Gotta over. Go. <laughs> you know, I used to like pumpkin spice lattes, but now they just taste very like chemically, chemically yeah. to me. There's like a weird kind of like filmy aftertaste that really just doesn't sit well with me. Um, so yeah, I'd rather do a different flavored <laughs> latte. I I usually get one, one and done for me on the pumpkin spice latte oh. if it's like a star if it's like the starbucks one yeah yeah it's kind of yeah. like i don't know i could have other pumpkin stuff and be fine yeah i like other pumpkin stuff like i do like pumpkin things just not pumpkin spice lattes so you're not somebody who uh looks to see the very first day that starbucks is releasing it and then goes and gets in line because that's a thing no no i just wait for when i feel like having it when i feel like it's time for your one per season pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, I think my last one was in like, I don't know, 2019. Wow. Maybe. That's when I was in Pennsylvania. It was cold and I was like, it's time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I haven't had one since. Maybe 2020, 2022 is the year of the, re- the return of the pumpkin spice latte for you. We'll see. Time will tell. I've- I think so. Time to get back to my roots over here. <laughs> go to go to those pre-pandemic uh, days where you did one a one a year. Um, yeah. Well, not to you know our our episode today actually is not about pumpkin spice lattes. It's uh, about self defense. Yeah, I was thinking maybe we should have done a fall episode, but it's obviously too soon. So yeah, although self defense is more important. Yep. Something tells me if you're in a pinch. And you have a hot pumpkin spice latte and you're being attacked. <laughs> like that could be a weapon that you use for self-defense, right? Remember the uh, woman who like got burned in the genital area by the McDonald's coffee in her lap? Yep. Do you remember that? Yep. Just imagine throwing that on some attacker's face. I know, but if it's your one pumpkin spice, is it worth it? Would you rather be attacked? <laughs> Well, I guess that's, I'll leave that up for everyone to decide. That's a very personal, (laughs) personal decision. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, well, maybe we start with um, just actually, let me ask you before we get into like the signs that you might be in danger and how you respond. Do you have any like experience with self-defense classes or courses or anything like that? Um, I was invited to take a class many times and I just respectfully declined every, every opportunity. I don't know why I had this. I have this idea that I'm going to be fine no matter what, like untouchable. I am a person who has been mugged in Ybor City on top of that. Oh, so gosh. So I don't, I don't know what leads me to believe that I could not benefit from some kind of self-defense class. Man, did they just take your stuff and leave? Like, what? I'm sorry, let me uh, reopen your trauma for you. Would you like to discuss um, the mugging and everything related to it? <laughs> yeah, I was young. What was I? Early 20s, I guess. I, I went to... A nightclub. I left. Actually, I left the bar by myself, and I remember my friends at the bar insisting that I just wait for them, but I was wasted, and I was like, I'm leaving now. And, you know, as soon as I hit, like, a staircase to, like, walk up the street where it was, like, dark, you know how Ebor has, like, those blind corners? Somebody tackled me to the floor um, or ground because we were outside. Pardon me. And um, he tackled me and then asked me for the money that I had or whatever. And I had like $3 because I was very adamant at the time of only bringing a certain amount so I wouldn't spend all my money at the bar. Mm. And I only had three bucks. Wow. It doesn't seem worth it. I gave it to him. I ripped my favorite pair of jeans. Yeah. I was just thinking like he uh, probably had to buy Band-Aids with those $3. He probably got himself some scuffed, you know, knees and hands. Yeah. I, if I had to guess, I would I would say that he probably was of the homeless variety mm. at the time. But. Jeez. And he left you alone after yeah, he so. took the $3? Yeah. Like I literally inverted my pockets and it was like, I've got nothing here for you. And he was just ran off with three bucks man i uh Mm -hmm. probably would have peed myself i've never been mugged or uh, i've never been like attacked by a stranger i know that sounds weird but i Mm -hmm. guess we'll probably get into like (laughs) it later but i've never uh yeah i've never been like attacked in public or but i have known others who have been mugged and um I feel like it's usually a similar situation where they're just kind of looking for an easy target to get something from quickly. And like either if you don't have it or you give them what they're looking for, they like leave immediately after. They're not looking to stick around and make a situation of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, that's my only self-defense stories, though, as far as... Well, I'm... Glad you only... Physical self-defense. I'm glad you only have one. I mean, one feels like too many as it is, but um, Mm -hmm. glad it's not more, I guess. (laughs) Thanks. I don't like to overachieve or anything, so one's good. Oh, my gosh. Well, like I said, I've not had any situations where I've ever been, like, mugged or attacked by a stranger um yeah I do remember uh I I think he's okay with me telling this story because we do joke about it 
for a while in Chicago, I don't know if this was nationwide, but for a while it was really popular to steal people's iPhones. And you heard some, like, there were some pretty horrific stories. A lot of people would do it on the train, and they would, like, grab your iPhone just as they were pulling into a stop, and they'd run out the door and, like, sprint away. Because, you know, most people are on their phone on the train, so they just, like, grab out your hand and run. But there are other times Mm -hmm. where, like, they take it from somebody and, like, shove them down the stairs as they were doing it. Like, I think a woman died or was, like, severely injured in Chicago where she was, like, mugged and inadvertently or maybe not inadvertently but pushed down the stairs as like a tactic to distract her and it caused like really significant uh like I said she either died or had significant injuries I don't actually recall um but Ramon back to my my story of Ramon so it was Halloween night and he was walking uh, and had his phone out in his hand along with like the keys to our apartment. We lived together at the time. And someone came up to him to steal his iPhone and take it. And they took the keys as well when they like grabbed everything out of his hand and they knocked him down. And he knew immediately like they were going for the iPhone because again, it was a big thing in Chicago for a while. And he just yelled at them, can you at least toss me my keys back? <laughs> That would be nice, right? Damn. I know. It would have been. Like, what are you gonna what are you gonna do with those keys? They uh they did not acquiesce to his request. Um yeah. It's probably smart because they had fingerprints. You never know. Right. Right, right. That's a good point. Been watching a lot of crime, yeah. crime shows over That's here. Fair. Yeah. So anywho. Uh so I guess like you know. Maybe it makes most sense to start off with, like, signs of danger or times you think you should be more cautious. We are both women. So I think already, like, being Mm -hmm. a woman puts you kind of on a target list for certain uh, nefarious individuals. Is that how we want to call them? Nefarious? Yeah, that's a good word. I think by being in my 30s now, I'm I'm in probably better positioning because um, I don't want to leave home after 6 p.m. Oh yeah, that's probably yep. And that's like you know that's a good that's a good start like you know nice lit area, mm-hmm. obviously is a is a good place to start or you know or I feel like things happen in places where you're not very familiar like you obviously look like you're. Sorry, that's this dog whining next to me, if you heard that. Um, yeah, if you're obviously not from the area, people can tell. Like, I can tell when people are not from around here, and you may be a little bit more, like, naive to what the heck is going on. So know where you're going. Yeah, I will say, just to add on to that, I remember years ago uh, I read a study about, like, as a single woman some of the things you can do and they did they talked a lot about um you know if you're lost or you look confused that makes you seem like an easy target to people so their advice was to walk confidently like even if you're lost walk confidently (laughs) in your wandering yeah and then you want to get into like some sort of a store if you can and that's when Mm -hmm. you can like pull out your phone and check or ask for directions or something you know like So I've done that, like when I moved to Chicago, because there were times, you know, when you first move to the city, it gets so 
it's it's easy city to get confused in. You need to learn cardinal directions like northeast, south, and west, so you can orient yourself, which takes a little bit of time to get used to doing, because um, it's not like something I ever did. Like when I'm driving in Florida, I never knew really if I was driving east, west, south. It just wasn't how like my brain worked in those situations. But in Chicago, when you're like walking around or navigating the city, it's very much like orient yourself to the lake and then you know which directions you're going. But I would do that if I got off and I was confused and then I think I was walking down the street the wrong way, but it was like dark and late at night and I was by myself. I would just keep fucking walking until I found a store, like confident as could be. Like, yep, I'm going this way on purpose. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the closest I've been is I went to New York City with um, with a friend that was not very <clears throat> street smart, mm, yeah. and she was like hysterical anytime like anything went wrong. And I was like, you need to chill out because you're fucking like bringing like attention to us. Mm-hmm. And I think we went we went to New York City. And, you know, we took all the subways in all the wrong directions and went all the wrong places and, like, really sketchy spots, got off of the wrong spots. But our way back to the airport, it was, I think, like, Labor Day weekend or something. Something where, like, the public transportation was either at a very bare minimum uh. or it was shut down. So, like, we couldn't get to the places we needed to go. So we did a lot of, like, walking through these sketchy-ass areas. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, crying hysterically the whole time. And I was like, you have got to, like, suck it up right now because you're really, like, showing that we're not really knowing where the fuck we're going. Mm-hmm. And we encountered a lot of you know strange people people like sleeping on the street and people who probably were on drugs and a lot of big large rats too i remember that and i was just like Ugh. travel with somebody who knows how to handle their shit <laughs> yeah like after that trip i was like i will never travel with you again it was too much too much confidence or faking confidence like there's so many variables that aren't in your control right like being a woman, not in your control. If you're of smaller stature, not in your control. I mean, like, sure, you could put on some weight and some muscle, but, like, what is a five-foot-two woman going to do against a six-foot man? Like, come on now. Like, let's be realistic. Unless you're Ronda yeah. Rousey, you're not standing a shot here. Um, yeah. But I feel like, you know, being confident, like, walking with your head up, walking with purpose – you know, acting like you know what you're doing and where you're going, like that is something that you can control. And it's something, yeah. you know, I think if you can learn to fake that and just get yourself to a safe place, mm-hmm. it's worth it. What's your feeling on, on carrying some type of weapon of any sort? What are you, you know, what are you packing in your, in your purse? <laughs> I don't actually have anything. I know a lot of people who do carry pepper spray or mace or like some variant of like one of those type of substances and mm. I have thought about getting pepper spray um I just never have maybe it's a certain I think in my 20s it was kind of like you said I was like oh nothing's ever gonna happen to me you know this like bravado and now I'm in my 30s I'm like oh something can definitely happen to me but also I don't go out late at night and if I do I just take an uber home so I'm like less likely to find myself 
you know, again, when I'm thinking about people who like mug and, you know, attack strangers, I think they do it usually at night. They do it in like areas where there are not a lot of people around, right? Like those are typically the the things yeah, they look for. That Uber driver could be a nut job. Yeah. Wasn't there like an Uber yeah. driver that like killed his passengers in Michigan or something a couple of years ago? Or is that like know. just that on seems- like... CI. Totally doable. CSI. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I got into an Uber once and the guy was very irate that we wouldn't give him directions. Mm. And I was like, well, you're supposed to know where we're going. That's why he uh, picked me up. Um, and we were on I 4 and he wanted me and the person that was in the Uber with me to get out of the car on I 4. And he pulled over and he was like, get out. And I was on like, the we, interstate. Like, oh, yeah. I had to like gosh. beg him. I was like, can you please just take us? I will give you the directions. And it was like a case of like my phone was dead. Her phone wasn't pulling up the thing for whatever reason of like whatever. So he couldn't figure out the directions. And I was like, just take us anywhere and I will get another Uber. Oh, my gosh. He, that's terrifying. He wanted us to get the hell out of the car because we were like not able to help him. And I was like, I can't. I can't do it. Like, sorry. No, I would never get out. Like, yes, have the courtesy to drive me to the nearest exit and at least drop me off at like a gas station. Don't mm-hmm. abandon me on this. Because who's going to pick you up on an interstate? This actually happened uh, slightly uh, differently. But a friend of mine, Molly up here, when she was uh, in an Uber or Lyft back from the airport, they got rear-ended and they were pulled mm-hmm. over on the interstate here. And she was oh, trying shit. to get a car to get her out of there, right? Because, like, the lift person had to wait for the police. It was doing all these things. And, you know, my friend's like, we're standing on the side of an interstate. And if you know, um, I forget which one it was in, in Chicago, but all of them, when you're in the city, it's not like interstates when you're in a rural area and you have the shoulder and then you have all this grass. There's walls on the side of the shoulder. So there's, like, nowhere to go like you are really trapped on the road Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so that's like anyway it's terrifying not related to self-defense just the idea of being abandoned on the side of an interstate is petrifying damn yeah it is it really is florida interstate you can just like crawl through the woods and you're probably in somebody's backyard but still still um that's also how you probably end up on texas chainsaw massacre i'm just saying oh great movie they don't make them like that anymore anyway (laughs) so you know what this made me think of though i don't know why my brain went here did you do you remember america's most wanted yeah yep so do you remember john i think his name was john walsh and he started it because his son adam i think his son's name was adam was like abducted from a mall and killed when he was like four or five years old and they weren't able to find the perpetrator for like years like it was an unsolved crime for a very long time and so like that's what kind of got him into the whole America's Most Wanted and trying to like solve other unsolved crimes um I just remember though he came out with because he was big into and that was like during the 90s when it was all like the stranger danger you know like they were telling us kids like gotta be aware of strangers stranger danger i remember he had this educational video my grandparents made me watch that was all about like what to do if you're abducted as a kid 
Um, and the only things I remember from it, which the one I think is actually really good advice and I think about even as an adult, is like if you're walking down the street and a car is coming up behind you, so it's coming up from like your back and like either, you know, kind of like following you, stalking you or getting close and you think they're going to grab you, your instinct is to want to run forward and keep like running down the street, but you're not going to outrun a car. What you should really do is turn around and run past the car and run back from where you came from. Because by the time the vehicle turns around, like you've hopefully got enough of a distance on them that you can like start cutting through houses or whatever and lose them that way. And I, that I was like, oh, that's actually pretty good advice. Like I get the logistics of it as a human walking. I can turn very quickly a car, not so much. It's going to be a little harder for them to follow me at that point. The other thing I remember in the, like, my poor eight-year-old mind was probably like terrified watching this video, right? <laughs> but the other thing I remember from it was if you're in the trunk of the car, like if they the perpetrator puts you in the trunk of the vehicle, which now good luck getting my ass into a trunk. But back when I was eight, sure, I could have been thrown into a trunk. They say to um, like take down the paneling. I bet you can't even do it with cars nowadays, but again, back in the 90s. Like, take down the paneling and find, like, the wires and stuff to the brake lights and and try to, like, start pulling all of that out so that Uh. hopefully a cop pulls you over for brake lights being out. Or if you're able to, like, keep just, like, pulling it out, you might even get the whole brake light to come back into, like, the car in the trunk and you can stick your hand out, which... Could you imagine if you were just driving down the road and you saw someone's hand sticking out of another vehicle's, like, brake light area? Be terrified yeah, I'd, I'd probably be like oh look at one of those little halloween decorations <laughs> right? so cool but they have those little um like my car has one of those yank things like if like you can't really lock somebody in the trunk because there is right the emergency whatever the hell exit yeah that's a good point that. yeah i thought of that they were like, all right, good job, John Walsh, teaching people all these tricks, but like we could just make vehicles safer by putting an emergency exit or whatever they're called. I also saw this other thing. I don't know if it was like a meme or some, some kind of like Facebook share, something about like checking that the child lock is not engaged when you enter an Uber in case, mm. you know, the door's locked and you can't get out which I never checked. I don't even know if my car has child locks. I don't think it does. Yeah. I might have to do some drills with the Civic here. Not that anybody's going to abduct me with my own car, so what the (laughs) fuck does it matter? But in case I'd like to grab, snatch somebody, I want to make sure I'm doing it right. Um, Right. You want to make sure that they can't get out of your vehicle, so you got to have all that in place. We should start a, like, not like... You know how, like, restaurants have secret shoppers to see how their performance is? Oh, yeah. We should do, like, you know, secret abductions to see if people can, like, defend themselves and be like, this is what you did wrong. (laughs) Okay? A, you don't have a pocket knife. I keep a pocket knife in my car, actually. Okay. Is that more for breaking glass if you end up submerged off of a bridge? Or is it for actual self-defense? Or both? Um, I guess it could be both. I've thought of it honestly. If somebody like were to approach me, yeah, at my car, like like when I'm at a light, a lot of times people like come mm. up to me and shit, 
Or maybe a cop pulls me over and he's a dick and he tries something. That I'm going to stab him. I'm going to probably try something. I don't know. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. You have to do something. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. But but That's my actually... mom used to carry like a like a, a baseball bat under her van seat. <laughs> You're like a small one. <laughs> I would love to see your mom pull out that bat and beat somebody who thought they were going to pull one over on her. She probably would have been quicker with her shoe because that was pretty effective at home. It's like throw that shit out the window. She probably would have grabbed the shoe, get them down, then gone back to get the bat and come back to finish the beating. Yeah, I don't even think it was a full-size bat. I think it was like a souvenir bat. Oh, I thought you were going to say like that a little just... billy club or something. Those are a little more you know smaller and agile it was like a it was a home depot stir stick for paint (laughs) (laughs) i mean if you were to flick somebody's hand with that like if i had my hand on your window and you hit me with like a stir stick paint like that would hurt i would pull my hand back (laughs) yeah it would take me it would take me a minute to recover from that i didn't think to uh ask any of my friends who drive here in chicago but you know carjackings are up in the city there's been like a slew of carjackings and i'm curious if any of them uh you know like again carry some sort of a wooden bat like your mom uh Mm -hmm. in their vehicle to just you know bust bust out if needed yeah it also helps if you hide um pictures of saints in your car i heard oh really (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. My mom has been doing that to me since I was like a 16-year-old. And like, even to this day, like I've opened like a glove box. I'm like, what the fuck is, oh, okay. She's like, it's for protection. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so Love it. Maybe, maybe a little token of luck in there in the car. I don't know why we're so hyper-focused on cars because I guess yeah. it's. Yeah. I, right. There's so many other ways that one could be mugged, abducted, attacked. Um mm-hmm. One of the, uh, you know, one of the things I also thought of when you threw out this idea, and it's so, actually, this is really funny, because before you threw out this topic idea, I think it was like the night before we had softball, and we were drinking afterward and hanging out in the park, and one, I don't even know how we got on the topic of it, but someone was, mentioned Miss Congeniality. Do you remember that movie? Sandra Bullock? Yeah. Sandra yeah. Bullock. Oh, yeah, definitely, yep. And she does the sing the solar plex instep nose groin which is like the self-defense like you know thing that she teaches everybody so we were literally talking about that the night i think the night before you text me and were like let's do self-defense uh we yeah but we were trying to remember what the acronym was and what you know what all the the different parts of the body were we finally did come up with it and like i said it's it's i just gave it away it's sing solar plexus well, we, we want the listeners to know yeah and solar plexus i rewatched it to make sure i understood all the spots that's like your like the pit of your stomach and it's like when someone's mm-hmm. coming up behind you you use like your elbow and just like knock them in the pit of the stomach like right below the rib cage like sternum area kind of instep is like their foot the instep of their their heel or their foot the nose, I think that one's pretty obvious. And then the groin, also pretty obvious. Yeah, see, I feel like we've been told to start there. Yeah, start well, I guess 
I think it probably depends, like, you know, the sing is for if they come up behind you because it might not be as easy to get their groin. So that's why she says start with the solar plexus. But I think you're right. If somebody is, like, coming up in front of you, like, hitting him in the nose or the groin are probably, like, the two best areas to go because yeah. they're going to inflict a lot of pain. Yeah, I I got a lot of, like, self-defense advice from my friend Charles, and I think he was, like, very clear to, like, just go for the balls, basically. He's like, just every time, you're just going to want to go right for their nuts. Like, there's just no better way to go. Yeah. He also carried, like, a a tactical pen. Um, As a server, he was a server in a restaurant, but, like, I don't know if you know what a tactical pen is. I don't think so. But it looks like a pen, and it just basically is designed to puncture somebody. And he carried that with him in the restaurant in case some shit went down. Wow. This is a person who's very much into self-defense, so I was just like, oh, okay. But, like, those are, like, small things that you don't think really exist, but they are around in case shit pops up. Are you looking up tactical pens? I I was. I was kind of looking to see what a a tactical pen would look like. And uh, obviously order myself one. (laughs) It's like a really hard plastic. And if he was having like a particularly rough day when he like dropped off the check presenter with a pen, Mm -hmm. he would drop that off instead. And like the guests would be like, I can't sign with this. It's just plastic. He's like, oh, that's just a tactical pen. I could like stab you if I needed to. Oh, my <laughs> and I think that's probably when his tip took a shit, but yeah, he was just very much uh, pro self defense, and I learned like a lot about that kind of stuff from him. Also, like if you're shooting, you know, shoot to kill, don't shoot to injure. Yeah, I've heard that before. Never um, really dawned on me. I thought, well, I'd probably just shoot him in the leg. I don't want to kill him. And he's like, no, you want to, you want to kill him. Yeah, I've heard that before. Just because it's so hard to hit a moving target that you're better off like aiming for the torso because that's like the biggest area and that's also you know the area to kill but like it's really hard to get a target in like the leg or whatever that's moving I say all this as if I've literally shot a gun one time it was a shotgun like you're not shooting a moving a moving human target with a shotgun very easily so Mm, I was pretty shitty at shooting guns I I was too I had every target still and without movement and I was like not very good my depth perception is not there no it's I mean I it's you know I it's tough like that would not be if I get some self-defense weapons it will be this tactical pen and uh, Mm -hmm. maybe some pepper spray like that's that's where I will go with this uh have you ever done the carrying your keys between your fingers i feel like that was popular for popular advice for women for a while do you know what i'm talking about like kind of you wear them like brass knuckles yeah i i did have that um bit of advice given to me i just never so i have done it like if i was walking in a place like i've definitely pulled them out and had them there but then years later i feel like i read or heard something that was like that's actually not effective and helpful in the way you think because like and they had some reasoning behind it that I wish I recalled now but it's it's not going to work like a brass knuckle and be like a harder punch like you're more likely to what was it like get yourself trying to do it or like yeah it was something about like it just doesn't work like you think it would um Mm -hmm. but 
you know, <laughs> I also was thinking, again, I don't know why my brain makes these like connections. I really, I have no idea why. Uh, but do you, do you ever remember doing in Florida the, um, like the little like education on gator attacks, like what to do if a gator attacks you? Did you ever do that at your elementary school where they like would bring in little gators and oh, they talk about like no, what no. you do and like how to, no. you know. I got here too late. I think by middle school they were like, these people know what, to, they know what to do. <laughs> I had no idea. I just remember, yeah, it was good old Neil Armstrong. We, uh, they brought in these little baby gators and would teach us different things one of the things because it's always like try to avoid the gator attack as much as possible but then like if you are attacked by a gator you're not going to like pull your arm or body part out of their mouth so you have to like try to get them to release their jaw somehow and they were always like go for the eyes because they have like really tough skin like you're not going to punch a gator and it'd be like oh that was a tough punch so it's like go for the eyes i feel like that probably works for humans too like if you can't do the groin or the nose you know like depending on like how you're being attacked if you can't do like the nose or the groin but you can get at their eyes I feel like poking someone's eyes like really gouging them is a good self-defense technique too yeah I don't know I just think maybe in a panic I, I, don't, I don't know what I would do well that's just it right like the whole thing about a crisis situation and being attacked is certainly a crisis situation is like your nervous system was it your parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system that fight or flight response like it just kicks in and you either freeze mm. you fight you flee there's also a third or fourth response called fawn but i don't know that that's very likely to happen in like a mugging situation no um but it's like <laughs> What? It's great preparing mentally, but I also think like your body is just probably going to do what it's going to do. And it may freeze on you even if you want to fight. It just may not be the way your body responds. What's your reaction if you saw somebody that you cared about being physically assaulted? Like, what would you do? Would you physically try to fight them? Because I, I have and I would. That's my reaction to like physically get involved. I was going to say, I think I am more apt, strangely, I am more apt, I think, to jump in and start defending somebody I love than almost defending myself. Mm -hmm. And not just in like physical situations, but in lots of different situations. Uh, yeah. But I do, I do think if I saw someone being attacked physically that I loved, even if I didn't, um, I mean, I guess it's hard to say, that's a little different, but if it's someone I loved... I for sure see myself getting involved. And I feel like my reasoning is assuming it's like one person attacking my loved one, like why wouldn't I join in? Now there's like two of us hopefully fighting them off, you know, like yeah. that also just seems logical. Yeah. So I hope that that's what I'm like thinking, like maybe that's my reaction to being attacked myself to just mm. like turn into a maniac. My brother got in a fight in a bar one time and I punched a guy and I had nothing to do with it. And it was actually my brother instigating the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is in Kansas City. And I was like, what's happening? And you punched him? <laughs> yeah, I punched the guy in the face. I don't think I did much damage, but I was just like, you know, 
triggered seeing my brother getting like socked in the face by this guy and i think what happened was my brother actually shoved the guy unnecessarily to get through a crowd and the guy was like what the fuck uh i'm sure alcohol is involved as well yeah it was a bar crawl definitely alcohol was involved but yeah can be a little feisty on the sauce When I, the very first time I met some of my guy friends here that I'm still very good friends with, (laughs) we, I forget what club we were at. We went out to some club and we were leaving and, you know, we'd all been drinking and it was these three guy friends, two of them are brothers and they get into this verbal altercation with somebody. I don't, you know, someone at the bar and I don't even know what, right? It's who cares what the fight was about. No one remembers. I don't even remember like who instigated or whatever. The next thing I know, one of my friends is getting shoved to the ground and he's a big dude. Like we're talking, he played division one football. Like he's a big dude. So he gets shoved to the ground. His brother comes like flying out of nowhere to sucker punch the dude who pushed his brother down. And it just like, you know those cartoons where they show like two cats getting into a fight and it's just like a ball and it's like a cloud and you can't really see what's happening it's just like arms and like that's what i felt like happened all in a matter of (laughs) seconds was like four dudes were just like in this ball fighting and i don't even know what was happening or how it broke up but yeah i do think there was probably an instinct to like defend your loved one right yeah definitely so what do you think the thing to do is if you are attacked? Like, obviously, your first step is hopefully to call the police, right? I mean, yeah, I guess you have to first, like, if you're being physically assaulted, it's using one of those, like, sensitive areas and just trying to get away, right? Like, and get to some level of safety, whether that's, like, 10 feet even you know what I mean just like I guess some like distance between you and them but then yeah call the police I'm not ashamed I'll call them yeah well I'm good friends with somebody who's a former police officer and he said that the vast majority of calls that they get are from people who are almost attacked or like something like that but never actually attacked and they get they used to get less calls from people who actually got their ass kicked because people were in fear of some huh. kind of trouble coming from it afterward. They've just figured, oh, well, it happened. Now I don't I don't want to talk about it. Interesting. So he's like, yeah, we got, you know, a lot of calls about someone who escaped an attack, but not as many of people who actually were attacked. Hmm. Interesting. Unless it was a domestic dispute. They got domestic dispute calls quite often. Mm-hmm. But not from, like, random... Yeah. People like that. I'd have to imagine that despite how often they receive domestic dispute calls, uh, that's still a low percentage of the actual domestic disputes because I think most of the time people don't actually call the police with domestic disputes. I just think there's, Yeah. yeah, I just think there's a very unfortunately high number of domestic disputes. Like I, it's not that uncommon, unfortunately. Mm Um, but I guess that's a topic for a different day. Uh, back yeah, to yeah. this. Yeah, I think I would call 911. We'll you know, so a couple, I shared this story with you. This was a couple of months ago at this point. I live right next to uh, like a 24 hour restaurant. 
that sometimes gets um it gets a lot of drunk people right there's a fair amount of drunk people that come in at whatever hours and get food there but it also gets some other you know unsavory characters in there from time to time but it's like they're there from 2 a.m to like you know 4 or 5 a.m right like hours i'm usually asleep but one saturday i get up to go get coffee at the local coffee shop and this was during they weren't having people sit inside so i got my coffee and left and these two guys who i'm pretty sure were gang affiliated they were all tattooed up just having to be exiting the 24-hour diner at the same time i'm crossing it and they like immediately swarm around me and start looking me up and down they're like within inches of me and and the one guy's like oh you look pretty and made some like comment about that and obviously i had fucking creepy vibes from them yeah. i turned right back around and walked to the coffee shop because i was like i don't know what to do but i can't show you that i live right here because like you mm-hmm. might follow me into my home and i'm not gonna like i'd be so unsafe i'd be by myself and unsafe uh so th- thankfully like i walked right back to the coffee shop went inside they got in their car and like eventually left so it was fine and i've never seen them again they were just obviously there for food uh but i didn't call the police because once i saw they left i was like okay like it's okay you know if they weren't leaving or if they seemed to like still kind of be like circling the block or looking for me then i absolutely would have called the police yeah and i guess it would be hard to think to call the police too because you'd almost be like well what are they gonna you know like like they'd brush it off maybe but Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could have like a description of that same type of person doing it repeatedly, like a repeat offender, mm-hmm. um, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I also think it's sometimes like your adrenaline is going so much, right? Like even if you aren't actually attacked, if your spidey senses are picking up on it, I think your adrenaline kicks in. I, I feel like when our adrenaline's kicked in, we're not always thinking level-headed, or at least I'm not. Like, yeah, me neither. Instinctual survival, but I'm not like, I should call the police and file a report, or I should, you know, I just don't think about that. Yeah, I've filed a, a call the police and filed a report for a break in in my car, and it was like handled like shit. So after that, I was like, what's the point of calling you people? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, and again, I know that this isn't the sole purpose of our talk today, but you know, you hear in the news the stories of. Um, you know, women who go and they go to the hospital and they get the um, like rape kits done after they've been raped or mm-hmm. assaulted. And yeah. you hear about how backlog they are in like every state. There's like thousands, if not tens of thousands of rape kits that like don't get processed in so many states for like various reasons. But it does. It makes you feel like the trust in the system and the institutions aren't there. And so, you know, if you don't feel you know, the police or whomever um, has both the funding resources or cares or they just have like this overly complicated process that just seems like it's more for you. I I see why so many people are like, it's just not worth the effort. Yeah, I don't know if I'm very familiar with like what the process is after uh, you have a rape kit done. Like, I don't know. 
if the hospital is using it, if the police are using it, like, I don't know who's taking point on that kind of stuff. And that, to me, it's like, maybe they yeah. don't even know. And then they can just let it go. Yeah, I think in most, although it might vary by, like, state or jurisdiction or what have you, but I think in most cases you go to the hospital and, like, medical staff do it, but then they have, like, local or state labs that they're supposed to send it to and they're supposed to process the kits and I think that that's where some of the breakdown happens is these kits aren't being processed for various reasons but um and again like I said this is maybe this this could easily be a whole nother episode (laughs) maybe we'll do later uh but yeah I I just think like bigger picture there's so many reasons why like the system is really you know, convoluted, you can still try to do everything right, and and the system has all this red tape and bureaucracy, is that the term? Mm -hmm. Bureaucratic, right? Uh, And so I I see why people just avoid reporting things in general, because it feels cumbersome, it feels re-traumatizing, and, you know, what comes of it? Maybe they catch the assailant, maybe not, you know? I mean, I hate to be yeah. so, like, negative. People should, but I also see why people decide not to. Yeah. I mean, because you get your hopes up that there's going to be some kind of, like, justice and then, you know, kind of falls by the wayside, I guess, and then it's that's a, probably an equally worse feeling. Right, right. On top of it. Right. Yeah. Well, <sighs> uh, any other, you know, thoughts on... I. I have thought about, uh, now that we have too much time to talk about this, but I have thought about taking some self-defense courses periodically because there are like places, at least in Chicago, I'm sure most cities have where you can take like a four-hour workshop or whatever and just learn some, again, very basic skills to use in a situation if you're being attacked. I've thought about doing those, like trying to convince my girlfriends we should all do it and, you know, maybe we get to beat somebody with like a padded bat be fun oh yeah and i think like a lot of martial arts schools in general will have some type of um like one-time course or like maybe you can brush up on it every now and then yeah i knew someone here i used to work with who um who did krav maga do you know krav maga oh yeah which I feel like is yeah. in How I Met Your Mother. Or Isn't there... Didn't Ted date somebody that did Krav Maga and she like flies across the table know. and beats him up or something? But I hear like Gavin McGraw when I hear Krav Maga and I also hear um, some something else. When That's like my first thing and I'm like, Gavin, <laughs> de, Gavin DeGraw? What? Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Same difference, same difference. Is <laughs> Israeli elite fighting and a country singer. Same difference. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know anything he sings, but I know the name. Anyway. Yeah, I actually don't know what he sings. Is he country? I think he is. I'm going to be really embarrassed if it turns out he's David like... DeGraw? I don't know. I think he's somewhere between that. The I listeners will call us out, and then I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I was totally wrong on that. <laughs> not, not surprising. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure. Anyway, so that's one of the martial arts defense classes, I'm assuming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's like, a, it's an Israeli, I think it's Israeli, um, like that's how they train their military mm-hmm. in like hand-to-hand combat. And it's it's 
mainly designed from a defensive standpoint. I don't think it's designed to be an attack style. Um, this is all what I'm remembering from my coworker who did it. But I will tell you what, she used to do it like once or twice a week and she had the most ripped arms, like Michelle Obama ripped arms. Oh, yeah. I would not have attacked her. That's would enough not. for me. Yeah. I'm trying to work on my arms. <laughs> Same. And my self-defense. <laughs> I want to scare the shit out of my assailant when he comes up to me and he's like, oh, I'm not going to fucking try this one. You want to chase him. Like, he yeah. starts the attack, and he's like, oh, shoot, I fucked up. He goes to leave, <laughs> and you're like, nah, you started this. I'm finishing this. <laughs> Hell yeah, definitely. You're like the all about the, like, fuck around and find out. You're the find out part of that. That's right. I'm the find out. <laughs> well, that feels like a perfect note to end it on, then. Yeah, find Don't. out about it. <laughs> Don't <laughs> fuck with Marinella, or you'll find out. <laughs> Oh, well. You will find out. I'll see you on the Wordle tomorrow, boo. I hope so. Damn it. (laughs) Don't get Wordled. Uh, And listeners, we'll we'll, uh, catch you next week on a topic to be determined. We have not decided. So just report back next week and there'll be something. We'll be here. All right. Bye. See ya.